0: Lob Talk Radio Lob Talk
1: Radio
2: Who is January Jones? because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones.
3: Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard about near-death experiences? Would you like to learn more about NDE? That's the acronym for near-death experiences. Tell me, have you ever wanted to know how to develop a vision for your life? Can you imagine creating your own reality? Wouldn't that be lovely? It sounds like it might be easier said than done. Tell me, do you know what it means to be still? Do you know what it means to hear yourself thinking? Have you ever heard about a wonderful book called Back from Heaven's Front Porch*? Or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for? Now, are you ready to learn how to be successful? And are you ready to learn the five principles to create a fulfilling life? If you can answer yes, or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place, and I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I will be introducing you to my guest. He is a success coach extraordinaire, and he will provide us with some wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on Talk4Media and syndicated on iHeartRadio and Radio. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. Also, LinkedIn announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed last year. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. He is an author and a speaker who believes it's our philosophy of life and our principles that allow us to create happy and fulfilling lives. My guest brings his exceptional interpersonal skills and enthusiasm to help people really understand themselves and create a powerful vision for living a happy and fulfilling life. His passion and energy for this is rooted in his own journey of development. Born and raised in a big, loving family outside Philly, he had an easy life until a tragic accident left his friend dead, and he, having spent some time in another place that he believes was heaven. Since then, my guest has distilled his philosophy of living a happy and fulfilling life into five principles, which he calls jackrabbit. He used the five principles of Jackrabbit as the basis of his thought-provoking, humorous and inspirational talks. I had the pleasure of reading his book this past week, Back from Heaven's Front Door, and I'm thrilled to welcome to the show today, Danny Bader. Hi, Danny. How are you doing?
0: Hello, January. Thank you for that introduction.
3: You're oh, doing well... Great. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful, and I'm really wonderful having spent some time reading your book. What an amazing book. How long did it take you to write this book?
0: Um, it probably took me about eight years, January, until I got <laughs> focused on it. And then it took me about a year and a half. Okay. So I, I began it many times, and it was, it was something that I thought about doing and really wasn't engaged in the focus and, and the action of doing it. So once I got that, about a year and a half.
3: Mm-hmm. Share with my listeners what prompted this book, this uh, tragic accident where you lost a dear friend, and where you had a NDE experience.
0: Yeah, sure. I, I had, um, when I was 28 years of age, I was working uh, in a construction situation, and my friend and I were lowering a ladder, a metal ladder, and uh-huh. we looked at the electric lines, and we thought we'd miss it. Um, we did not miss it, and mm-hmm. that electric line had about eight to 10,000 volts in it.
2: Wow. And what
0: happened is it came down the ladder, and the electricity went into both of our bodies. And uh, my friend was killed that day. And I was, too. I believe that I I crossed over and spent some time in a very warm, dark, loving place. I believe I was in the presence of God, and then I came back. The book is about a young man named Jake that tries to figure things out when he's back because he really doesn't want to be back, and he's got some stuff going on that he has to deal with. So that was the premise for the book you know I've told people my story many many times and uh-huh. oftentimes people would say you should you know you should write a book about that it might help some folks
2: mm-hmm. so
0: that was the uh, motivation for it the inspiration for it
3: when you uh, had this experience and crossed over so to speak which is what happened to you
2: mm-hmm.
3: how did you feel about coming back did you want to stay there or were you happy to be back on this side
0: yeah no you I mean, obviously when i when I came back initially, there was just um you know it was almost as if my my soul or my energy was put back into my body, and i just i, I woke up and um you know my my one friend was working on his brother, they were brothers, mm-hmm. so I just kind of mm-hmm. in the moment got up and went over and did c p r and, and tried to revive him mm-hmm. um you know when I was there in that you know as, as the way I describe it, it as a dark, loving, peaceful place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of floating and Mm -hmm. having a communication with God, but it wasn't words. And and I knew I had no anxiety. I wasn't scared. It was just, you know, the greatest love I've ever experienced, even more so than anything on this world. So when I came back and and dealt with the, you know, the the terror of the day Mm -hmm. and then the week or so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't even considering that. But then once I started to process everything that happened to me, yeah, there was a big part of me that didn't want to be here. Sure. Um, You know, a lot of people... Out there supporting me, trying to get me back engaged, and it was just tough. I didn't want to be here. And right. My mom, my mom would often say, "It's like you're living to die again."
3: Uh-huh. And I said, it yeah,
0: um, was a, a beautiful place, a, a, But
3: for a me, lot it was you know. Yeah, a lot, yeah, of, a lot of a lot of people talk about survivor's guilt. Did you have any of that after this horrific accident?
0: Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a tremendous amount of that um, depression mm-hmm. and everything that comes with that. Yeah, not feeling real good about myself and, and, you know, it's not a really good place and mm-hmm. certainly not letting, any, letting anybody else in as much as I should have to kind of help me for me.
3: Well, you know, reading your book, it was such an interesting journey that you were on. Uh, what made you write it as fictional versus a nonfiction account of what you went through?
0: Yeah, you know, it was just the process, I think, January. I started to write it and, um, you know, first person. I wrote it a lot of different ways. And I this is this the first book I wrote. I just couldn't get into the creative place that I needed to. And I was uh-huh. talking with one woman, and she said, you know, why don't you try a story? I mean, just make up somebody that sets you and, you know, base the whole thing on what happened to you. And as soon as I started that, you know, and I, I made up young Jake, and I gave him a name, and uh-huh. start to make up other people. It was just much easier for me to uh-huh. engage and, and, and to try to get out some of my thoughts and messages that I wanted to convey to the readers through different people and dialogues.
3: I've never written uh, uh, fiction, so I'm always into nonfiction, but it sounds like it's an interesting process, and once you go with it, it just takes on a life of its own, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, it sure was for me. It sure (laughs) was, and I had, you know, I had some great editors as well that I'm really thankful for. Oh,
3: sure. Uh, Sue
0: and Harry helped me out, because I had a story, but they really helped me kinda of tighten it up.
3: Tighten you know, it was always right. funny.
0: They they would send back edits and you know, have just big access through stuff and, and you've often heard of authors or stuff probably have experienced it. they you're like, Oh my gosh, I
2: wrote
0: that, we have to take it out and mm-hmm. you know, so I learned, you know, that, that it's just worth the movement story for sure. but actually write it so hard to uh-huh. edit what you wrote sometimes and take it out. It's so humbling.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It's a slow process. There's being a writer there's a, it's a difficult process but It's a a process by which you find a lot of answers for yourself. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sure do. And
0: and especially in this situation, it was very, um, you know, cathartic for me, kind of cleansing
3: Uh as I went
0: through I certainly cried many times as I was trying to write different parts of the book.
3: Yeah. And recalling
0: Mm -hmm. those emotions. So I think it was a really good process for me to go through.
3: Yeah, uh, you write so lovingly about your mother, and actually you write lovingly about everyone's support from the family and friends. Was your mother shocked when you came up with writing a book?
0: No, I had talked to her about the the, you know, the idea for many times, and, and she would read little pieces of it,
3: uh-huh. and
0: no, um, yeah, she thought it was great. Now, of course, you know, I grew up six brothers and sister and mom and dad, so everybody <laughs> has their opinion then, right? Yeah. So pictures <laughs> and titles and covers and people's uh-huh. names and and all of that. So um, they were very supportive of the process. You know, they've, mm-hmm. all, they've all enjoyed reading it. You oh, know, good. For them too, because it was kind of bringing up things that they, they were there and you know, they kind of went through.
3: Mm-hmm. Now let's yeah. talk a little bit about um, Back from Heaven's Front Porch. What a terrific title. How did you come up with that title? Um,
0: I was working with a, a publisher and... Uh-huh. Um, I actually came up with it before to help my, one, my oldest brother, Paul. We were at a barbecue, I guess it was a couple of years ago, maybe four years ago or so. And, you know, we were just talking about everything. And I told him, you know, as we discussed the story and even back when I had the accident, I said, I felt like I, there was further for me to go mm-hmm. on that journey, you know, where I was mm-hmm. connecting with God and energy. And he laughed and he said, well, maybe, maybe they just stopped you on heaven's front porch. They didn't let you in know all the way. And we (laughs) joked about it, and then years later when I started, you know, to write it and use the title, I told him, he's like, I said that, and I said, you sure did.
3: (laughs) Well, that's that's, kind of where
0: it came from.
3: That's a great title, and I loved reading your book, and thank you for sending it to me. The only suggestion Mm -hmm. I have for your book is when you do the next edition. I think on the back we need to have a small picture of you included because you are such an attractive Young author, I think all your fans would love to see what you look like. Let's talk a little bit about your Thank five you, January <laughs> your five principles for creating a happy and fulfilling life. What would number one be?
0: Yeah, well, the first one, and they're they're not really in any number but but the mm-hmm. one that I would put at the top of that list, I guess is to develop vision mm-hmm. and then create reality so it's a you, you know in my mind, when I talk about principles. You know, principles for me is just a really strong belief, you know, an absolute fact. So mm-hmm. I was in that depressed place trying yeah. to get better. And, and, and once I shifted, I'm like, all right, got to figure this out. How can mm-hmm. I get back to being engaged and being happy and, and create some fulfilling events in my life mm-hmm. and those things? So what was lacking for me, then I had no vision. I wasn't looking to the future at all. I was mm-hmm. only going backwards. I was blaming myself, oh. you know, yeah. life sucks. It was my fault. He should be here.
3: Uh-huh. All of
0: that kind of stuff. So vision is really the ability for us to imagine something that's not real yet.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, when I work
0: with people, you know, usually when we're coaching or whatever, you know, they're talking to you, they're talking to a coach, and, and you're familiar with this because they want something to be different. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it's health, wealth, relationships, careers, you know, any of those things. So the first, the first one is really to get clear on what that vision looks like. You know, I'll that's often true. say to people, you know, if I meet you in six months or a year, yeah. and they say, hey, how you doing, Danny? I haven't seen, seen you in a while. And I say to you, you know, great, yeah, how you doing? How's life? And you say, it's wonderful. What would you say? So you really try to take them into the future and start describing Mm -hmm. that reality that that they want to create. And then the key in the middle, as in all things, is the action, right? There's many people that that think about a better place Mm -hmm. in their life, a vision, but they're just not taking the action. You know, I suffered from that a whole lot You know, sometimes I've got to coach myself. You know, there's many reasons we can talk ourselves out of action, you know.
3: Well, I know so many people have that dilemma. Uh, They are wishful, but they don't get off the couch and get up and do what they need to do. And it's a difficult thing to do. You know, we're going to take a break and hear from my sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, hitting rock bottom because you describe rock bottom in your book so vividly. We're going to talk about that when we come back with Danny Bader, the author of Back from Heaven's Front Porch.
1: Second time around can be better. Second timers try harder. Looking to have a rewarding second marriage? Any marriage. Read Successful Second Marriages by Patricia Bubash. She interviews a variety of couples that have succeeded in their second attempt. Each story reflects that the second marriages can be tough going, yet be the best of the best. Learn from these couples who share their intimate stories, how they struggled with difficulty and have thrived. Stories such as, our kids drove us apart. We separated five times in four years. Four months into our marriage, my 85-year-old father-in-law came to live with us. One year into our marriage, I was diagnosed legally blind death of my eldest child brought grief, depression into our new marriage. Successful Second Marriages is encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Available on Amazon.com in book form and ebook. Read Pat's musings at www.successfulsecondmarriages.com.
2: Nicholas Hazel is a senior member of the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor and author of Laughter, the Drug of Choice. Scientific research is discovering that our bodies only hurt when we don't laugh. For anyone interested in a laugh-out-loud collection of medical terms and poetical music, often at the expense of health professionals' love and life, laughter, the drug of choice, is just what the doctor ordered.
3: Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Danny Bader, and we're talking about his fantastic book, also, I wanted to talk a little bit, Danny, about what you went through. You have a chapter called Rock Bottom is a Hell of a Place. And in your book, you share uh, Jake's suicidal thoughts. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah.
0: You know, when I, when I came back and, and just tried to process everything, I was very much in a place of blame that it was mm-hmm. my fault. You mm-hmm. know, my friend and I, as we were low the ladder, there were, there were two places to be. Mm-hmm. And I was in one place, and I said mm-hmm. something to him, you know, hurry up, whatever. And he said, I'm, I'm going to put my tool belt away, and I said, I'm going to grab a glass of water. So mm-hmm. I left and grabbed a glass of water. As I did that, he took the other position, which okay. turns out was not the good position to be in. So a lot of blame, um, you know, a lot of depression, you know, drinking for all the wrong reasons,
3: mm-hmm. a little, mm-hmm. bit of,
0: little bit of drugs.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just that, that spiral that so many people go into. You know, and, and the thought of you know, not being here it was just it was too hard, too much pain, too much guilt.
3: Too much yeah. yeah. You know, so
0: so enter, certainly entertained those those thoughts. You know, thankfully they never got as strong as they could get, but just having them was really scary, you know. Mhm.
3: Now, share with my listeners what it's actually like. What memories do you have of being electrocuted?
0: Yeah, the, the the memory that I have is still very vivid. Uh, if the electricity hit me, I, I you know, in a conscious second, I thought to myself I was either shot or there was like a nuclear explosion or something because my whole body just surged uh-huh. in a way I never felt before. But then January, I was very calm.
3: Uh-huh.
0: I, I knew I knew that I was crossing over. And really? Uh-huh. So I saw my buddy on the roof once he heard the commotion. You know, the ladder hit and all. He turned around. He was finishing up on the roof. Mm-hmm. But he turned around and he was coming down the ladder,
2: you know, uh-huh. and I was,
0: I was out and I saw that and I was yelling to him,
2: uh-huh. you know, get
0: your brother, get your brother, yell his name. Uh-huh. And and then I just felt this pulling away, you know, just, just, I didn't hover over myself too long. Uh-huh. I just, I, you know, I don't remember hovering at all. I just, I saw uh-huh. the scene and then I pulled away.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And as I did, it was just the the, the, the communion uh-huh. that I call it. And, and then I believed my whole life is it, you know God is energy, God is love, and and we'll mm-hmm. we have a piece of that, and we'll get back to that, you know we'll be united um so i didn't I didn't see the white light you uh-huh. know, I didn't see any any deceased relatives or anything that other yeah. uh uh-huh. it was just um you know my soul my my spiritual energy was was going somewhere
3: now after an ex- went, uh, after an experience like that uh Danny, so many of my guests have shared with us that they no longer fear death because having crossed over and finding such ultimate peace and happiness that uh, they're not afraid of dying. Do you feel that way now? I do. Yeah, I do, you know, to a degree. You
0: know, I mm-hmm. said I was given a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the impact is, you know, I still, you know, from am driving a car and there's an accident or I'm sliding on ice or whatever, I'm still going to have anxiety. Sure. You know, uh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to dying. I'm enjoying my <laughs> life and my family and my kids and, uh-huh. and and my wife and everything. But, no, I do know. You know, I, I know that when our bodies stop, you know, there's a piece of us that keeps going. So I, I just believe I was given that gift, a little glimpse over there.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think the world would be a hell of a better place if everybody had that little glimpse. You know, it kind I'm of like, sounds morbid, but, yeah. you know, you, you come back knowing that this is, you know, it's a great life. I love it. We got a lot of things we want to do and make money and all that kind of good stuff. But uh uh-huh. you know, there's bigger reason, you know. So yeah. if you can do all that with love in your heart and show up and make the world a better place, then that, that's what we need, you know, and that's that's what I try to do every day.
3: Sure, I and that's... fail, but I try to
0: show up every day with that, you know?
3: <laughs> well you so have I'm to be keep Eat yeah. with love.
0: Eat with love.
3: You have to keep trying. Now, we talked about the five principles, and the first one was vision, and you touched briefly on creating reality. Could you elaborate a little more about that? Now, when you created your vision, did you write it down? I mean, I know you wrote a book, but did you formally write it down for yourself?
0: Yes. Yes, that's a a behavior that I do every year now. Uh So I write, and I'll offer this to folks out there, you know, if they're familiar with Vision setting or gaining some clarity on it. What I'll do is I'll write um, a letter to myself dated next year, so it'll be December thirty first of, of fourteen. Uh-huh.
3: And okay. in that letter,
0: you know, it's, I think last year's was maybe seven paragraphs, you know, page and a half. Wow. And what I'll do is just predict. You know, it's almost dear Danny. You had a wonderful two thousand thirteen, and then I just I just start to lay out January everything that that made that a wonderful two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my relationships with people, my relationship with God, the money that I wanted to make, the activity around the book, mm-hmm. you know, the races that I wanted to run, how much I wanted to weigh, you know, <laughs> all those all those kinds of things. Because mm-hmm. I, I and then what I do is I, I take it and I, I put it into Outlook, you know, Microsoft Outlook is my organizer you know, my plan and my uh-huh. calendar and all. And I put it into my calendar as an all day event. Okay. And it says okay. Vision Vision 2014 and then what happens is I set a reminder or a recurrence. Uh-huh. So that every four days, that shows up at the top of my calendar. Oh,
3: wow. That's and powerful. most
0: most times, every four days, I read it.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
0: reflect and say, okay, wait a minute. I, I predicted that my relationships with these people were really strong. Mm-hmm. Is that indeed on course, or do I have to engage in some action this week or next week to move it forward? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I predicted that I was going to make this much this year. Am I on track for that, or what do I need to do?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, or mm-hmm.
0: what, what actions are going to drive some more revenue or... or so yeah, well, it's a I, real powerful exercise. I mean, it's fun, you
3: know. Yeah, what I what like, like about its
0: to imagine what, yeah, what you want, what do you want to create. Yeah,
3: what I like about it is that you're encouraging our listeners to be very specific, like as far as mm-hmm. the amount of money, the weight loss, the relationships. You can't just sit there and say, "Oh, I want a better life. I want to be a better person." You have to really get down to the nuts and bolts, don't you?
0: Yes. Yes, and I believe that, that's important because as we read that over and over again, then it starts to kind of settle. We're consciously reading it. I believe there's a residue that hangs in our unconscious, mm-hmm. you know, and in our, yeah. our mind really likes completion. You know, it always likes to close those, those loops and things.
3: Sure. So what
0: happens is I just find that, that, you know, I'm always, once you get it into your unconscious mind, you're always looking for opportunities, you know, people, places, actions to take, you know, because we're always focusing. Right, the concentration of attention or energy on something, the question is, what are you focused on? So if most people don't even take the time to get clear on what they want to create,
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're going to miss a lot of information in the world that could support you in, in creating that. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. absolutely what I have what found to be true. You know? But most people, on, on the other hand, and you know, I've been there, I don't go there too much, but most people are complaining about their situation
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. versus, I I said, okay, what would it look like if you were really happy with this? Let's go to the other side of this.
3: Right.
0: You know, and and some some folks can go there, others you really just got to work with, you know?
3: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and Um,
0: and, and they have to work with themselves. It's great work.
3: Now, have you become a, a coach after writing this book? Are you actually coaching people to help them find their vision and create their realities?
0: Yeah, I do. I do do some coaching. Um, I've been doing that for years. I went to a uh-huh. great school out in Santa Barbara, the Hudson Institute. So mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been doing leadership, executive coaching, and some life coaching for, gosh, probably 10 years now.
3: Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, really yeah I really sure. enjoy it. That's wonderful. That you're my, into it.
0: Part of my vision is to get some television stuff happening here
3: uh-huh. this okay. year
0: where maybe we can take this message to a bigger stage.
3: Oh, that would be wonderful. And I, and I know you're going to do it because you've created this vision. I can imagine it already. You know, yeah. we're going to take a break and hear from some sponsors. And when we come back, uh, Danny is going to share his website information and share with us how you can contact him if you would like help creating your vision, your reality. Also, we're going to talk about the three other principles for creating a fulfilling life. We'll be right back with Danny
2: Pam Evans has been married and divorced four times and lived to tell the tale with honesty, humor, and a heartfelt message. Check out Pam's first book, Ring Exchange, Adventures of a Multiple Marrier, where she shares her hard-won lessons about behavior, emotions, relationships, and her marriage partner choices. Learn more about Pam's road less traveled and how she anticipates every day with joy and a sense of gratitude visit Pam's website at www.ring-exchange.com. Her book is available on Amazon.com, too. Everyone deserves a happy life. Life is supposed to be fun. Your life is supposed to feel good, and you're meant to feel happiness in your life and to satisfy your dreams. And you can, because the only reason anyone wants anything or does anything is that they think they will feel better in the having of it or the doing of it. They think they will feel better in the experiencing of it. Coming soon, a website where you can learn more on how you can have the life you deserve at FeelGoodworld.com.
3: Welcome back with my guest, Danny Bader. I want everyone to know that Pat's and Nick's books are fantastic. They're wonderful books to give as a gift for anyone who, uh, if you're looking for that hard-to-find uh, gift for that certain special person. Danny, could you share with us now your website information and uh, share where people can get your book and how they can contact you?
0: Sure, thanks. The website is dannybader.com, D-A-N-N-Y-B-A-D-E-R, and there's a a link there on the website where you can read the first two chapters of the book uh, and get a feel for it if they're interested (laughs) through this interview, so thank you for that, January. Uh And you can email me through the website as well. The book's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can actually grab it through my website as well. I'd sign it for you.
2: So it's mm-hmm. out there.
0: You know, They can get it wherever they, they buy their books.
3: Well, I highly recommend the book, and I can honestly tell you that I got it. I couldn't put it down, and if you read two chapters, you're going to be hooked. Uh, going back to the book a little bit, in the book, uh, Jake travels out. Uh, he goes out to the west, to Utah, Montana. He heads out that direction. Have you yourself been there? Is this part of your travels, too?
0: I have, yeah. I've, I've been to Moab, Utah. Years ago, I used to live in Aspen, Colorado.
3: Uh-huh. And
0: um, one year after the ski season was over, uh, Buddy and I went down to Moab. So I uh-huh. had been there before, and it's uh, you know, a beautiful place. So as I started to think about you know this journey to take was going to be on, and where could he go to get some stillness that I talk about is so important. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: You know, I used Moab as the setting, and, and – yeah, I'll get back there for sure. Maybe they have a handsome marathon <laughs> next October that I have my eye on.
3: Oh wonderful. That's great. Let's uh yeah. go back to the five principles. What would the third principle be for our listeners?
0: Yeah, well the first one, develop vision, create reality is, is kind of a it sounds like two, but it's really the one principle. The uh-huh. other four would be to be still, right? So it's really, really important for you to slow down, clear your mind, focus on your breathing, uh-huh. engage in some prayer or meditation. You know, kind of turn off all the Stuff come at us in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the world does not encourage stillness, and I think it's just such, such a rich space to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many emotions in that stillness that can that can inspire sure. us. You know, whether we're we're letting some things go or or we're starting to create some things. So mm-hmm. I ask you, everybody, you know, just reflect. When are you really still? And it's not running, listening to music either. You know, when, when are you just really still, being with yourself, focusing on your breathing? I took a retreat in Montecito right before Christmas time, and it was just great two days. But a mm-hmm. lot of quiet, quiet and stillness. Mm-hmm. So that would be still. the okay. And one has known thyself, as Socrates said years ago, know your strength, know your talents, know your beliefs, your spiritual heritage. So I think it's really important for us as people to continue to know ourselves. You know, what works for us, what's not working. And where are some of these beliefs that, that have developed over the years for us
2: mm-hmm. you know, through
0: experience that, that are limiting us, limiting us, or holding us back. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so it'd be be still, know thyself, seek support. Very, very oh, important. Okay. So how do, how do we have a support network of people around us? What are the books that we, we read? What are the shows like yours that we listen to? So uh-huh. many ways to support ourselves. And then, of course, you, know, you watch your own little voice in your head, too, because that's probably your, your biggest source of support. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that's, that's dialed in. Mm-hmm.
3: And then the last
0: one is, is to evolve. So I practice the principle of evolve to undergo continuous and gradual change. And I just always, every day, say, okay, what can I take from today? Mm-hmm. You know, what, w- what worked? What's going to make me better? How can I serve other people? You know, maybe what do I need to let go? So it's, it's just having that mindset that we're always, you know, we're always growing. You know, so there's, a, there's a little story I tell real quick. A little kid comes home from school after first grade, first day in school, and he gets off the bus, and mom's really excited. And she says, well, what did you learn at school today? I <laughs> well, apparently not enough. I have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> and that's us. Just go back into the world, get some support. You know, have some forgiveness for yourself.
3: Uh-huh. We're all yeah. gonna,
0: we're all gonna screw up. I know I did. I know I will. You know, you just forgive yourself and move on.
3: Now, tell me, Danny, how do you start each day? Do you uh, meditate? Do you run? Do you go for a walk? How, well, how do you begin your day? How do you begin to be still and know yourself?
0: Yeah, great. So usually every day when I wake up, as soon as I wake up and I'm in a a hotel in Dallas right now, I'll be working with a client down here tomorrow, Uh um, as soon as I wake up, I usually lay in bed with a smile on my face. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I just focus on my breathing and I Uh am thankful. I thank God for what I have. You know, I hold a little image and the vision of the day and how I want that to go. Mm -hmm. And then most days I'll get up and get some exercise, Uh you know, either a run or some weights or something. But I would encourage all the listeners tomorrow. Just when you wake up, lay in bed with a <laughs> smile on your face. You know, uh-huh. some people look at me, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy!" I mean, people will think you're nuts. And I'm like, "Well, nobody's <laughs> going to see you, right?" <laughs> perhaps the other person you're sharing your bed with, but that's okay. Just try it because oh, yeah. you know the power of that smile. I mean, physi- physiologically, what it does for us is just great.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, y- so that's you know my kids if I'm traveling,
3: and my wife, mm-hmm. to say hi, check in, you know? Check in, yeah, yeah. I always go every morning, I take a walk, and I take the dog for a walk, and it's a great opportunity to have that stillness, and to just have the inspiration, and I think it's amazing when you quiet down and let yourself listen to yourself, the wonderful inspirations that you get, don't you agree? Oh, I do. Yeah. I do, and I
0: think, you're, you're, you live where, in Arizona?
3: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, beautiful state, too, you
3: mm -hmm. know, just
0: with the the terrain. Yeah, I always say it's often in the absence of sound that we hear the most.
3: Yes, okay.
0: And that's what we hear from ourselves, you know, inside.
3: Now tell me a little bit about, you have, you call it the jackrabbit uh, theory, and you share that in your book. Share with my listeners what you want them to do uh, for them to consider a jackrabbit life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so jackrabbit
0: for me is just, you know, these five principles, I certainly didn't invent them, but uh-huh. it was just, um, you know, here's a guy that had an experience and, and kind of put together a model that said, hey, this is this works for me.
3: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I, I'll offer it to the world and, and hopefully people will take care of it. They go, well, I kind of do this, but I don't call it that. I'm like, great. You know, as long as you're engaged in, in something that, that that's driving you in a, in a in a good direction, you know, towards your vision. So I call it jackrabbit, though, because of all the animals in the animal kingdom when I first started my little company, my coaching company. Uh I was looking for animals and all. Um, And the jackrabbit of all the animals has really good vision January because its eyes sit high up on its head and very far back.
3: Okay. So it can essentially
0: see its whole environment, behind it, above it, sideways, frontwards. And when I saw that, I thought, you know, I like the desert and jackrabbits and all that. I thought, that's pretty cool. That's the the metaphor that I'm looking for, right? For us as individuals, people, Uh how can we be aware of everything that's going on?
3: Yeah. in our lives, right? Really
0: celebrate what's working and, and, you know, put some energy on the other stuff that we want to we shift. Yeah, so i, I just call it JCKRBBT.
3: <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. And uh, I think you. if everyone can go to your website, they'll get a chance to experience the Jackrabbit experience. Some of your characters in your book I grew to become so fond of, and they were so special. A little complex, uh, a lot of character there. Did you model these uh, characters on people you know in real life, or did you just create them the way you wished, wanted them to be?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of just created them, but any time I was doing that, what I found January, I'm always thinking about different people uh-huh. in my life that I've experienced, mm-hmm. You know, that, that trying to take some of their qualities and, and put them into these people. So it was, no, you know, nobody is exactly based on anybody else in my uh-huh. life, well, with the exception of the priest that I meet for uh, dinner on my way down to um, North Carolina. Uh-huh. I do have a real, real dear priest friend, and, and you know, he in, in the book is kind of, you know, it's pretty true to him. And my friend Joe, my best friend Joe, is, is mentioned in there as well as Joe.
3: Uh-huh. I just felt
0: uh-huh. right to, to keep his name like that. But most mm-hmm. times I would just reflect on the characters and say, okay, who do I know in life? you know, that I really enjoy. They've supported me over the years. I'm inspired by them. You know, they beat they, they with a lot of love. And then uh-huh. I just weave in some of those characteristics, you know, sometimes physical, sometimes, you know, in their dialogue or their approach. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was fun. When you look back on your own life, um, who I know you admire your mom and dad and your siblings so much, but when you look back on your early, early mentors, is there anyone that you could specifically talk about that influenced you?
0: Um, yeah, it's a great question. You know, most, mostly my, you know, we have a real tight family uh-huh. and there's, there's just a lot of inspiration there
3: mm-hmm. and then,
0: you know, you just, it, really it's just people in, in life. I don't, you know, there hasn't been any celebrities or anything that uh-huh. have really inspired I me. Mean, we all have our story, you know, so I'm inspired by the stories, but I do work for Make-A-Wish Foundation, okay. you know, and I go out and, and, and grant wishes. Okay. I go out and meet the family and just Wonderful. met a young man last week, you know, just uh, beat cancer. They're Uh not even 20 years of age yet. I'm tremendously inspired by his attitude and his energy.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm
0: inspired a lot by the little kids that are just battling something they shouldn't be battling, you know.
3: What are your thoughts about, I always share this with my listeners, that it's very important to find passion in your life because once you have passion, what you're doing doesn't seem like work because it isn't. It's something you enjoy. When you look at your life, uh, what would you say you are passionate about now?
0: Um, I'm passionate about relationships, you know, and surrounding yourself with really cool people and and being supported and supporting them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm passionate about the coaching and and the writing I do and and trying to be a vessel, you know, to to other people to inspire Mm -hmm. them perhaps and, and get them, you know, moving in the right direction. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. that's really what it is, you know, passionate about, um, you know, having some really good, strong relationships. And, um, you know, my work is just to get people to think about their life in a way
3: mm-hmm.
0: that makes them happier and more fulfilled. That's all I, I want to you- do through my writing and through my speaking. And, you know, I'm yeah. holding that vision for some type of television activity. So, yeah, just to get people to slow down and, and really move in the right direction.
3: <laughs> okay, wonderful. We're going to move in the right direction of our sponsors. And then we come, when we come back, I want to have you share with us the biggest challenge you face with becoming a writer and writing this book and who you admire as a writer. And uh, if you have another book coming for us soon, we'll be right back with Danny Bader. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? people who have faced difficult problems people who have fearlessly shared their stories their struggles and their successes people who have priceless personalities in my new book priceless personalities success stories shared by january jones i am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest molestation child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available. Two for One, paperback and Kindle editions.
2: Do you want to learn how to live into your dreams? One Door Closes, Overcoming Adversity by Following Your Dreams. The new book by Tom Gracia and Jared Kredimski captures the thought-provoking stories of 16 people from all walks of life who have triumphed over adversity to achieve their goals. Plus, you'll get 10 self-assessment tools to design your own blueprint for success. Unlock your true potential. Fulfill your dreams. Be inspired. One Door Closes is available from Amazon.com.
3: Welcome back with my guest, Danny Bader, the author of Back from Heaven Front Porch. Now, Danny, when you started to write this book, what was the biggest challenge you faced when you sat down and created this reality for yourself?
0: Yeah. Well, there, there was the challenge of never having written a book.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Just the mechanics of it. But my biggest challenge was, you know, myself and my self-talk. And, you know, you've never written a book. It's so hard to get it published. You know, what if people don't like it?
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so it's just all that where I would just make, you know, 10 excuses to do something other than sit down and write. You know, we talk about taking that action yeah so it was it was a lot of that and then you know i i i I was still holding on to some stuff the accident you know here i'm writing this story and i know it was going to bring some pain especially to my buddy's widow and his children Mm -hmm. so i was kind of fighting through that and um you know thankfully they're wonderful people and you know i had a great talk with them right right about when the book came out We went up we had pizza and Mm -hmm. we chatted and the kids you know kids obviously it's 20 years ago so they're all young adults now and they're they're doing great Uh Uh-huh. You know, his, okay. and his widow's just wonderfully committed herself to those kids So, you know, it's just all the, the self-limiting stuff
3: uh-huh. You know, But once
0: you get into it, it's a fun process You know, if anybody is out there thinking about writing Don't don't take yourself too seriously, you know it's okay. <laughs> There's a great book, too I don't know if you ever read it called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott
3: No, I haven't Sounds great Bird
0: <laughs> by Bird, she's a very clever writer And it's just so funny And, and uh-huh. you just, you know, it's great So if anybody's struggling with writing Get that book Bird by Bird It's a good one, short, easy read.
3: Okay, that's great advice, because we have so many aspiring writers. Uh, Actually, I had uh, breakfast this morning with someone who is starting a book, and I was happy to give him some help and direction and inspiration. There's never been an easier time to write a book than there is now, with all of the resources available on the Internet. Don't you agree, Danny?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. January. There's, um, you know, the, the internet's just great with all of its information.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you have the whole self self-publishing world and uh, yes. you know, a lot of soft, mm-hmm. software that's out there. Out there. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yes, I would definitely. say. But if, if folks are struggling, you know, a lot of times when I talk to other writers, you know, they do have that. Well, gosh, what if I don't sell any kind of thing? What if people don't yeah. like it?
3: Yeah. You know, we
0: we kind of always go back there. And I remember a coach from the Hudson Institute, my my friend out there who runs that. She said, hey, Danny, how about if you're not writing the book for people that don't want it? Oh, uh,
3: uh-huh.
0: And as soon as she did that, it just shifted my mindset. It's
3: <laughs> double
0: double negative, and I'm like, you're right. I'm not writing for those people.
3: Right, so absolutely. It was, uh,
0: yeah, a lot of ways for us to kind of shift our thinking.
3: Uh-huh. Now, do you, are you working on another book, or what's happening with your career, and what can we look for in the future? I know we'll see you on television, but uh, what else are you writing
0: Thank you, January. Yeah, I do look forward to that. Perhaps we'll play around the golf someday. That would be cool too. <laughs> um, I've started to. I've started two books, and it, okay. I'm just in a really kind of loose process. So I wouldn't say I'm writing one now, but I, I've kind of gone in two directions, and they're both continuations of, of "Back from Heaven's Front Forge."
3: Okay. So
0: one takes Sammy, uh-huh. you know, the young lady there,
3: yeah,
0: um, to L.A. So she moves back out of the desert, and it's going to uh-huh. kind of be her life as she moves forward. Another one goes back earlier, and, and explores the life of Brendan, and who he is, and how did he get to be this
3: uh, wise kind man. of
0: wise man in the desert, you know, in Moab, uh-huh. so I've, I've, I've just kind of fallen with, with both of those, you know, and um I'll, I'll get more focused on it this year, for sure, it's part of my, my vision, and then I've got two, friend, two friends uh-huh. writing a screenplay for it out in LA, so I'm really excited about that, I think it'd be a terrific oh. movie.
3: Oh, fantastic. It would be a great movie. You know, it's so um, difficult to tell people who want to write a book that it's just a matter of sitting down and doing it because everyone has their self-doubts. When you look back on your uh, saga, your career, do you have anything that you regret or you wish you could do over? You know,
0: yeah, and, and it's tough. We all get into those words. I try not to, you, you know, know, what would I do differently? <laughs> what I think I, I took I, I know I took a lot of jobs early in life I had quite a quite a few jobs
3: mm-hmm. and I would
0: I would take them and in my heart and in my soul I knew it wasn't right for me <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: you know I commercial insurance for a year and you know somebody said oh Didn't you'll do great know you, you know you know, it's good to make some money and all yeah. so I, I think it was just not being true to myself and saying, hey what do I be and I, and I think it always what was strong for me was to be a teacher Oh I thought okay. about being a teacher, I thought about being a priest, Let's and I figured you know, you know coach basketball know. and teach high school and mm-hmm. and I always suppressed that and then once I got older and I moved into corporate America, you know and I moved towards the training department where I could do workshops and uh-huh. and help people develop and that's that 's really my passion
3: yeah.
2: you was
0: know, kind of doing that teaching up and I had the answers I just hopefully asked some
2: questions and <laughs> help them right. <laughs> Okay, well, I have all the
0: answers. You and I just need to ask the right questions of them, right, January?
3: <laughs> yes, I agree. That's such good advice because the answers are all within you. If you can be still long enough to listen to your inner soul and find out what's going on for you and for everyone in your world. Um, I would just, I've just enjoyed having you on the show so much today. Now, um, who do you admire when you look at other writers? You know, well, I, I
0: have a tendency to read a lot of um, you know personal growth books, self-helpish uh-huh. kind of books, I guess, so, and spiritual. So, so I really like Wayne Dyer. You know, I uh-huh. think that he has a, oh, yeah. a, a pretty good thought on things. Uh-huh. Um, Robin Sharma wrote some cool little books, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and Leadership Wisdom from The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari.
3: <laughs> Andy
0: Andrews has written, you know, mm-hmm. one of the best books mm-hmm. I've ever read is called The Traveler's Gift, which is just, yeah. I think it's just simple and, and yeah. Those are you know, fantastic.
3: Books like that that, that,
0: that, that book, you know, as I said, that when I read those books, it gets me thinking about myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: So I'll, I'll pick up every now and again, you know, I'll read just whatever's hot, you know, murder mystery or... Sure. You know, well, you know, it's not been much anymore. Most, most of biographies who are um, yeah.
3: I mean, it, it it's stuff, yeah. been so nice sharing your success story with my listeners. Uh, it was a very traumatic story, but you've taken it and put it into a, a wonderful book form to share with other people with lots of great lessons. Um, as you sit here and visit with us today. Briefly, could you tell us what success means to Danny Bader today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Success is that you have good, strong, loving relationships mm-hmm. um, where you seek support and you also offer support to people. Success is really engaging in something that, as you said, January is not really work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of what you're wired to do. Mm-hmm. And success is continuing, you know, for me to go through that cycle of every year saying, okay, what, what do I want to, you know, what goals, what vision do I have for this year? And let's go ahead and, and hit as much of it as we can,
3: oh, you know, man. and
0: then for me just to stay, you know, real close to God. So yeah. that's kind of on automatic control now.
3: Well, thank you for coming on the show and visiting with us. And I hope all my listeners will go to your website and visit with you there, buy your book and support you. And uh, it's been a delight having you. And I look forward to you visiting with us again.
0: That would be great, January. I have enjoyed it so much. I wish you all the best, all right?
3: Oh, thank you. Me too. All right.
0: Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks,
3: January. Oh, to my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today. My upcoming guests are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and astonish you. This is a show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful, no-whining world. We love sharing our stories, our struggles, and our secrets for success. It's our hope we can encourage all of you out there to emulate our guests today and every day. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop with the whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to my wonderful guest, Danny Bader. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe.
2: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you.